an der Leine steht der Alukai auf Macht der Schäcker und den Degel und perhaps der Gitarren der Possig der Isachir al-Fanel-Jerob. Now, the Sabbath begins with the Mitzvah of Macht der Schäcker. Kisiso es rejj me Yisrael ich kudem Nos mi ishki fanatu ad Yishem when you take account of the Israelites then every person who is counted shall give ransom money in order that a trade should not afflict them now the question arises, here is mentioning the mitzvah of Machtes HaShekel. That's a mitzvah there is. Every Jew is required to give the Machtes HaShekel to the Middash Fund, out of which fund all the Kabones were offered. So that's a mitzvah, whether a census is taken or a census is not taken. Here, the Torah appears to link it to the taking of the senses. But the question arises, even without the senses being taken of the Israelites, every Jew is not free to give to the Midrash. So the Ramban raises that question. And the Ramban, Rabbi Nubachye, they both say that actually this Parsha implies two obligations. One is that every Jew, every year, has to give a Machtzah Whether his census is taken, his census is not taken, every Jew has to give a Machtzah And then another mitzvah that any time when a census of all the Israelites are taken, of all the Israelites, so then they must give a machtizashekel. So suppose every Jew already gave them machtizashekel. Now, the Seder was that in order they, start, they started to announce for the machtizashekel. Suppose all the Jews already contributed their machtizashekel. But then the leader of the Jewish people decided to take his census of the Jewish people, of the whole Jewish people. So they have to give another machtzashekel. So there are two mitzvahs here. One machtzashekel, period, whether a census is taken or a census is not taken. And two, any time a census is taken, a machtzashekel has to be given even if the Israelites had already given before. Now, so we have to understand two things. One, what is the connection? between the taking of the census and the giving of Mahtashek. Two, we have to understand we have, we have to understand uh, the passage they have to give him in order that the plague should not overtake the Jewish people when they are counted. Why should the plague overtake the Jewish people as a result of counting? What's the logic of it? Rashi says, 
یه و نگف نگف شامیلیان شیر بی عین رو بیاد در باوریم میشم اتصال اتصال بیدار اسمشی نشمویم that David wanted to know how many Israelites are able to wield the sword so he told Jacob general that he should take count and then and then so there was a day a devil overtook Thomas but we have to understand it what how did I have to say that how did I have to say that uh, ‫המיינשילדיינורו. And, and, uh, and the giving of the Mahtad HaShakel to why, why does the Torah emphasize that the giving of the Mahtad HaShakel is necessary in order to ward off a plague? Why should a plague overtake all this oil uh, as he can come to him? of the taking of the sun. Now, we find in the Torah the Chiyub of Keifer in two situations. One situation is here. In other words, when the census is taken of cloudy soil. So then the Torah says, as Ramban points out, that even they have already contributed the Mahtra Shekel to the Migdosh they have to give again a Mahzah Shekha as, as an incident of the taking of the senses of Christ. And then we find the obligation of Kinshaya in another situation. In, in, in Mishpat. That means a person had an axe and the axe was already addicted to going and the owner knowing that that the axe, his axe, is addicted to going, did not exercise the proper care, and then, on account of his negligence, so the axe killed the human being. So then the Allah is that the owner is high with his man, whether he's high with manish, or he should be high, that's a machlikes, I mentioned it several times, it's a machlikes between the Rasban and the All right, but then, the, the, the owner of the axe has to pay ransom Kefa so we find the concept of Kefa in two situations one is ransom in case of the census being taken from the soil 
other situation is when somebody is, uh, has an axe and he doesn't exercise the proper care over the axe and the axe kills the human being. So there is a common denominator between the two situations. In other words, that means, let's say in the case of a Shea so the, the owner of the axe is to a certain extent is considered as a, as a shadow of blood, as a Ritzayah. Not, he's not guilty of murder manage, but he is guilty of bloodshed. In view of the fact that on account of his negligence, so his acts kill the human being. So in other words, that means, now, as the Mora says, Exodus, uh, that uh, but our we cannot take accept ransom money from a person who is guilty of murder manish. We we seek okay from but our we have to accept ransom money. So that is ransom money because the owner of the axe is guilty of manslaughter, not of murder, but of a certain type of manslaughter. He's a bloodshedder. He was negligent in a passive way. So he's guilty of bloodshed. He was a bystander of the, his own axe killing a human being. So, so he has to give ransom money in order to redeem himself. Now, the same is true of the other situation where ransom money is to be given. Every time a census is taken of Claudius Why is a census taken of Claudius It's not just out of curiosity to know how many, how many Jews are there. No, that's not the purpose. The purpose on a practical level, whenever, whenever a census is taken, so it is for the purpose of determining the military potential of the Jewish people. When Dovid decided to take a census, so he told Yehov to take account of all those Israelites who are able to wield this sword. Why wield this sword? The answer is, that's the, most of the time, that is the objective of taking the census. To determine, to determine the military potential. So in other words, whenever a census is taken, it is, it is taken in order to know exactly how many Jews are able to participate in the war. So the Torah looks upon every Jew who is already counted to be mustered into the Jewish army and to fight in the battle against the enemy as a potential bloodshed. As a potential bloodshed. So in other words, since he is a potential bloodshed, so mainly he has to give King a ransom money to redeem himself. But here the Torah requires that the ransom money should be given at the time when they are counted. 
long before they are mobilized into the army. Why is that? Bishleime, he's already mustered in the army. You understand? Because he's already ready to participate in war. And even though I mean Jewish people of the Atoll did not engage in an aggressive war by themselves unless they were told, directed by the only to it. And the only kind of war that the Jews were allowed or be told to participate is a defensive war. So, what kind of a crime is it to kill the enemy in order to defend the Jewish people? The answer is true. For the shedding of human blood, even of an enemy who is a is unnecessary. It's not something to be proud of. It's not a fact. There is a Pringodin, very interesting Pringodin. There is a loche that if somebody shed human blood and he is a Kayan, he cannot do cannot do He didn't go in the So the Pringodin says, not only if he killed the human being, the Isa, even if he killed the human being, the Heta. Let's say Muhammad. Isra'i Kishwana Malach says, in Kehalas, in time of Muhammad, there is a Heta, there is no Isyotzach. When someone kills in an offensive war, it's even Mitzvah. But if he shed human blood, so the Pernigodim says, in the Zikayan, he cannot do it. Because the shedding of human blood, at best, is necessary. Necessary. And, and because of that, so he has to pay rent. So then we could understand as to why the Torah requires, the Torah requires that everyone who is already mustered into the army, who is ready to kill, to shed human blood in a permissive way, but he's ready to shed human blood on the battlefield, has to pay ransom on. But the Torah says, the moment they are counted, the moment they are counted, that means everyone is counted. Even if he is not ultimately mustered into the army, mobilized, he still has to pay ransom money. Why does he have to pay ransom money? The answer is... The, the war atmosphere in itself is a demoralizing phenomenon. And uh, I heard that Michael Feinstein told me the name of his father, of the Christian, my uncle, he was very opposed to Jewish more so than all the other Greens. Because when Ben Gurion wanted, you know, to mobilize Jewish girls, Jewish girls into the Israeli army, and then, and then, so of course. All the Arab Jews were opposed to it. But then, the religious parties, Mizrahi and Agulisisroy, made a compromise with the Roma that, that uh, Orthodox girls will not be mobilized. So it had the blessing of the Masjidlaki of everybody. But the only one who protested against this compromise was allowed.
و تخزیش و زوالی نیسته به تعالی و بیلی کمپرمیسی و زوالی نیسته He says, and what kind of a community is it? Atalax girl, not Atalax girl. Whoever hurts her, she distinguishes. He protested. So then, one of the great Rabbonim, I don't want to mention his name. So he said, so he said, oh, but after all, you know, you So everybody else knew, I mean. So all the members of the, the, the Knesset, from the Agudasi soil of Israel, he also knew that one. So they said, he also knows the deed of Hakaritia, First of all, Radva says, it doesn't mean that the girls are mobilized. What it means is, one notion of Radva that since the Hosn, has to be mobilized into the army, so the middle of the color has to leave the chuppe. That's what Radvaz wants. But he's not talking about that. He says, he says, a war atmosphere is very demolished. And you can see it, Ravok. Now, there is a din in the Torah, there is a din in the Torah that the Kolish Ayore Bracha Leivok, Jelech Yosheletis. Rabbi Yisrael says, what does it mean? What does it mean? Yorei, Yorei Mavir Shabiyot. After you saw him, Tfilo, Tfilo. So then, he cannot be mobilized. He's already Yorei Mavir Shabiyot. And Yoshalmi says, Hashemi mentioned, in the name of Yoshalmi, say, we don't have it in our Dios and Yoshalmi. But Hashemi mentions that Yoshalmi. After you saw him, So, He is already a young Navier. I mean, who is not Nirso in this kind of Navier? Of course, maybe in Nishtabachlitzea, many are not Nirso, but he more serious than Nirs. So, many are Nirso. So, I feel so in Nishtabachlitzea, he is a young Navier. He cannot be mobilized. So, that means, who was the soldier? The contradictory. This man. When you saw Yagisol was Kifon, who was the soldier? And, and Jews deported themselves according to the dictates of the Torah. Only Sadiqim. I mean, like the I mean, not to have even a, a single Avigad Rabbonum of Soch bin Tfilo bin Tfilo, and or, of talking bin Yishtabach bin So only Sadiqim were the soldiers. So the question arises, how long is He said to many Rabboni, some of the Rabboni were real daily. So they admired Rabboni uh, said, like Rabb Zebu. But I mean, others who are politicians, so they didn't even mention what Rabboni said. So, so, so the question arises, Gimora says, We have the Fasteach, we did what he wanted to know, it's a ra, it's a ra. So, 
Why? So why was the Torah not here? Because if the Torah wouldn't not here, so then they would do a Buisa. So it was a confession to Yitzhara. But with whom are you dealing? You are dealing with Hopshim, with Balataybe, you are dealing with Sadiqim, in the Matroid of the Chavetz Chaim. Anyone who has one Avigad Rabbonon could not be mustered into the army. Is your Navira Shabiyodi? So you are dealing with Sadikim. So for the those Sadikim, you have to make concessions. For Sadikim, you have to make concessions. The answer is even if someone is a Sadik, but once he is subjected to a more atmosphere, as we said, so then he can become easily demoralized. Easily demoralized. So you want to subject the Jewish girls to this demoralizing influence and on the contrary on the contrary if they had said that orthodox girls are not exempt and that can not orthodox of course it would be an outrage but I could understand the logic the common logic but to say orthodox girls are exempt and non orthodox girls who is more likely to succumb to temptation an orthodox girl or a non-orthodox girl? Of course, in an day. So where is the the sechla yoshas v'chumba kocher? That's what Ravol said to Matzidati. He protested vehemently. I mean, and then there is a basic truth. And if all the gedolim, all the members of Matzidati, had elevated themselves to the heights, to the simple heights of Ravol, so then we would have avoided so many conflicts. Got to Yerkalochen, got to Shabbos, and got to Israel, got to missionaries. The trouble is that it's not the Masyadia, it's not their fault. It's the political leaders, you know, who tell who tell the daily, if we don't make a concession on that, then we'll hold up all the Yeshivas and then Shabbos will not be observed. All kinds of toys. It's their fault. But if everybody had listened to a vowel, so the, the spiritual status of the Jews in Israel would be on a much higher level. But unfortunately, even, even the orthodox political leaders did not uh, deport themselves in a way that, bef- that befitted them. And they were motivated, they let themselves this way by political considerations. So because of more money for yeshivas, so they were ready to make concessions on principles. So that's the reason as to why we have such trouble. Anyway, so this is the main idea, that a war atmosphere <coughs> is a very demoralizing phenomenon. And there is a possibility in Shaya, that people have days, chapter have days, he says, So Yeshaya is describing the Jews who are anticipating trouble. So you could think that if they anticipate trouble, they No, some the contrary. In view of the fact that they were anticipating that in the near future they would be subject to the possibility of being killed any moment, so the middle of the and he said, let us resort to hedonistic pleasure. 
let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we might die. So let us haparai, haparai, Avias. I mean, that's, this is the, the, the temptation that overtakes the average person when he's subjected to the, to the phenomenon of, of possibly being killed. So then he becomes demoralized. And he says, Now, so this is the reason as to why the Torah requires all the Israelites long before they, they go to the battlefield, long before they are mustered into the Jewish army, as soon as they are counted, so to give ransom on why but they didn't shed any blood and not everyone that is counted will ultimately be mustered into the army the answer is once the king of the Jewish people gives out issues a directive to take a census of all the Israelites that means that he's already preparing themselves for war not aggressive war defensive war alright fine it's a necessary evil. But the fact that people anticipate war, that in itself tends to demoralize a person. And he can fall prey to the concept of let us resort, let us addict ourselves to hedonistic pleasure, for tomorrow we die. That's a terrible thing. This this disposition so because of that in order to spare him from falling prey to this disposition of he must give ransom money to the Migdosh which is the symbol of sanctity of righteousness of purity so that is the only thing if he identifies himself with the Migdosh with that is the only thing that will prevent him from falling prey to the hedonistic concept of Nechal Vinishte Kin Mohammed. Now, The <laughs> Voyo 
conducti war al teatro. So, so they staged, they staged Jewish actors, and then, and then someone acted as the Mishuach Muhammad, and he said, Mi oish asher nosa, asher so, 10,000 soldiers raised their hands. They were told by the Mishikha Khamo, go home. Okay. Then the Mishikha Khamo started to announce on the stage, Mio Yish, Asher Bono Bais, Ruy Hanoche, Yelach Yeshadis. Another 10, another 1,000 Jews raised their hands. So the Mishikha Khamo told them, go home. Then he announced, Mio Yish, Asher Nota Karev Ruy Hanoche. Here we are, shall we say, another thousand Jews raised their hands. So Mr. Muhammad told them, go home. Then came the important announcement. Anyone who has one of the people, so, so most everybody raised his hands. So, and who was left? Two Jews were left. In other words, they felt that they were so pure and so devoid of sin that they were not guilty even of an Israel of sobbing through it. Who were these two Jews? So that's that's how it appeared in the in the show. You know, it was a travesty, it tried to ridicule. So so who are these two Jews? The Goy and the Shagasad. <laughs> so in other words, so that that was the last act, you know, of the show. So then all the outlet Jews were allowed, outright, not only the outlet Jews, even, even Menachem Begin's father, who was the secretary of the Brisk Hille, he was a Zionist, and Reb Chaim had plenty of regulation from, from Menachem Begin's, don't tell it to anyone, <laughs> but uh, he had plenty of regulation from Menachem Begin's father, plenty of regulation. So, even he said, oh, down the Machem, such chutzpah, to ridicule, utter the pursuit in such a way, and the old people of time, not only the Kanoim, but the Tzayim, like Nachem Begin's father, and demanded that the time should put them, all the actors, all those who are involved in the new Yiddish theater, to put them here. Nachem Begin's father also demanded it. So the Chaim heard the story, he said, I don't know why I should put them here. They didn't do anything wrong. On the contrary, everything was right. That's the way a war has to be conducted out there at all. But the, the, the only, the Fadin and Schmitz, for one thing, for that there should have been another act. It ended too quickly, that show. There should have been another act. And in the other act, there should have been a third act. It had only two acts. So there should have been a third act, and in the third act they should have described how the two Jews, the Goyen and, and the Shabbasari, uh, fought against the enemies, the Philistines, I mean whoever, or the Romans, whoever the enemies were, and they won! Fados, Fadinzishmitz, this, I mean, why you need to kill? I mean, is the truth? There's the way a war has to be conducted. So, in other words, so this is, the moral of the story is, every story has to have a moral. The moral of the story is that 
that the only way to spare the cloudy soil from the evil effects from the evil effects of of, uh, of war fever is by dedicating the battlefield to Gdushe. So that's why the Torah says, that's why the Gemara says that the same posik of Hoyomach Nechakodesh that uh, initially, basically, applies to the battlefield, but it also applies to Abisakneses. Because the battlefield, in order that it should not be a source of Tumay and of moral corruption and of demoralization, has to be converted into a Bisametrash and a Bisakneses. Otherwise, the war atmosphere will inescapably and unavoidably demoralize the Jewish people. Even, even if the Jews are all tzaddikim, the Madrid of the Chofetz who don't have any awareness of an Israel Rabbonon, of Soch bin Tfilo with Tfilo, and of being Shtabach, Now, with this we can understand this, this, this Rashi that I mentioned at the beginning. What's literally means the animal instincts of man. Jealousy. means an evil eye means a person who is jealous, who is vicious, who is malicious, who does not emanate any chesed. So in other words, because Hamian if a nation is counted, the census is taken of a nation. Why is it taken? Why? No, in order to ultimately be more to the army and to, to fight a war, even if they'll fight a defensive war. But a war atmosphere at best can only demoralize the people unless the battlefield is turned into a discussion. But if, it's, but if it's not turned into a Middosh, into a Bismedosh, into a Middosh, then there is nothing in the world that will prevent, that will avert a spiritual catastrophe resulting from the war atmosphere. That's why the Torah says,